Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, the Chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology in the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. With me today is Dr. Bill Maurice, the Chair of the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic and the President of Mayo Clinic Laboratories. This is our weekly discussion with Dr. Maurice in which we learn about updates in the field of laboratory medicine and pathology. Hey, Bill, how are you today? I'm doing great, how are you? Doing well, yeah, it's a little rainy here in Rochester, Minnesota, but not too bad. Still summer, although it's starting to get closer to fall. Yeah, the days are suddenly getting shorter again, aren't they? I know. So you really start to notice and then you know it's around the corner. At least now the precipitation is still liquid, not solid, so. <laughs> That's true, right, not frozen. Yeah, so we're wondering what's going to happen with COVID testing this fall, this winter, so we'll have to see. Yep, and then we've talked a lot about COVID testing and monkeypox testing now, too, has been a big one. But I guess, you know, one of the things that has been raised with me, what's happening with other testing? I mean, our, certainly cancer, we're seeing like more testing and probably because of an increase in screening and now maybe a drop or screening that people didn't do during COVID. And now with healthcare having stressed and maybe volumes dropping again. What are you seeing in infectious disease testing? You know, that's a really interesting question with a lot of interesting aspects we could talk about. Of course, as you know, first, everything shut down. So a lot of people weren't coming in to get tested for anything. They were avoiding healthcare centers unless they were going for COVID testing specifically. So yeah, cancer screening, people were delaying. They were delaying vaccinations for childhood vaccines that target common diseases. And so now we're starting to see resurgence of things. And that gets to the you know polio outbreaks we've been seeing in New York City. And then we saw some of the things that we were testing for drop significantly. Remember the first year we had no influenza that year. Right. That was very interesting. And it was presumably because people were social distancing, wearing masks, and influenza might have been a little harder to transmit than COVID. And so that went down. Other infectious diseases that are transmitted by respiratory droplets went down. Tick-borne diseases went up. <laughs> I guess people were going outside because it was one of the few safe places where they felt like they could get out and you know be in nature and not wear a mask. One of the other interesting trends we saw is that laboratories that were stressed with COVID testing had to devote their personnel to COVID testing and as a result had to stop doing other tests. And mm -hmm. one of the tests we saw in my laboratory in particular was ova and parasite exam testing. And I've spoken to many lab directors now that have told me specifically that they had to take certain tests down during the really peak of the pandemic. They just didn't have enough staff to perform testing. And so highly manual subjective tests that take a lot of expertise are the first to get targeted. And so they sent the test to us. Yeah. So now here we are, a large reference lab, and we are just inundated with Parasite exams. I mean, good and bad, good. right? For me. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But the first question that comes up, obviously, is like, this is a manual test. It's usually on stool, I think. And mm -hmm. you look, you actually have to look for, if I remember from my residency days, you <laughs> actually have to look, you know, you actually look for the over the eggs and the parasites in it by, by visualization, by, by microscopic examination, correct? Yeah, exactly. You could do it on any specimen type, but you are correct. The stool is the number one source that we use. And it's, 
highly manual. It's very subjective. You need to have highly trained technologists to perform the test. It takes us several months, probably six months or more, to get someone really fully trained to be able to do parasitology microscopic examination on stool specimens. So I can see where labs that are just slammed with COVID volumes and people are retiring, you're losing yep. your experienced techs, and you need your techs to do more automated testing, it would make sense to take down a manual test like OVA and parasite exams. Yep. And, and, and it's also hard to, because we ran in anything really with microscopy is what, as a trend we're seeing in laboratory medicine, right? We've seen it in hematology with peripheral smear exam. It is a skill that people acquire. And it's difficult to train people in. There's fewer places doing it. So it sort of starts to spiral on itself. And I think a lot of those people that got shifted over, to your point, are part of this next wave of retirement that we're seeing. So I imagine it's putting a lot of stress on your lab then to be, you know, we want to serve the patient needs, but at the same time, I'm sure it's putting stress on your staff as well. It is. And I also know for a fact that it's hitting the other large reference labs as well. We're all getting high volumes. And it's interesting, this is a good topic for test stewardship because the oven parasite exam, even though it's a classic exam, very good at finding some of the exotic parasites, things that are exotic in North America at least, it's actually not that great of a test for the things that are common in North America. So let's say someone comes in with watery diarrhea. Well, first of all, they probably don't have a parasite. They probably have a virus or a bacterium. But if they do have a parasite, it's probably either Giardia or Cryptosporidium. And probably a lot of people have heard of Giardia. That's one that is kind of common and dogs can get it. And Cryptosporidium, different animals can get it as well. And we have good tests for those two parasites, but the ovum parasite exam would not be the best test. Yep. So we get a lot of stool specimens ordered for ovum parasite tests. Our volumes just go up and up and up. We have, you know, hundreds submitted to us each day and our percent positivity rate is 5% or less. Wow. So, so that's, that's a mean, good indicator yeah. that then that if the positivity rate's going down uh -huh. at some point, you know, we've talked about this with monkeypox too. If it's too high, that makes you think that we're not doing enough testing. If yeah. it's too low, it starts to make you think that we're over-testing. And that's one of the areas where that's really apt to happen is where there's sort of a symptom or a sign that can have a lot of different etiologies. And then shotgun ordering happens where people just think, oh, I do better check all the boxes here, right? And make sure I don't miss anything. And we see volumes go up on tests that maybe don't add value per se, given the other clinical things which could be excluded first. Yeah, so it really has a broad impact when people are using tests that they don't need to, unnecessary ordering. It impacts patients who have to pay for a result. If they don't have insurance, they're paying out of pocket. Um, they're paying for a result that doesn't help them because the test wasn't indicated. It impacts providers that have to order a test and then try to collect a specimen. And if you're doing it right for ovum parasite exam, it's three stool specimens collected on alternate days. So no one likes to submit stool, collect stool, and you have to do it three times on different days. And then it impacts laboratories because we're looking at specimens where 95% of the time there's nothing there. So yeah. that gets to be kind of monotonous, a little demoralizing when you feel like you're just doing something that's not really helpful. Yep. Yeah. So I think, you know, ultimately for us in laboratory medicine, it really goes back to something you and I talked about even pre-pandemic. And that is as laboratory medicine professionals, what we do diagnostically and technically critically important, but really thinking from a system perspective, because we have to recognize all of us that 
it's not just labs that are stressed. I mean, healthcare is stressed. And so uh, the ED visits, I know that at Mayo Clinic, our emergency department has been extraordinarily busy for like the last year, right? In those situations, providers just need to move through quickly and see patients. And so they're going to have less time to really contemplate. And they're going to therefore probably order more. If we start to think about how can we systematize test ordering? You know, we've done some of that work here at Mayo Clinic with Care Select Lab, but how can we start to systematize to make it easier for providers to order the right tests and that easier for patients to make sure that they don't get tests that they don't need? That means we need to really be working with our clinical colleagues to, to create those order sets, ideally in the EHR, so they can be more automated, if you will. And the other is the whole thought on digital pathology. I mean, that to me, that's a big driver. A lot of people are wondering what's going to happen with digital pathology. Digital examination, essentially, of histologic materials and cytologic materials. What you're describing in OMP is just a microcosm. What we're seeing in pathology as a whole is that there's an increased demand now more than ever for biopsy interpretation, for, for histologic review of materials and cytologic review. And we're seeing the workforce actually go down. And the fact is that's a, and it is a difficult workforce to train. So that'll be the other push is to say, do we start to look? I mean, we have it in little areas, going back to peripheral smears. We do have some systems now that can analyze peripheral smears, urine cytology, another one. But we need to really be thinking more broadly and embracing these technologies because it's really our best path forward, I think, even though it's not a today fix. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that, Bill, because that is exactly what we are looking at. First of all, we're trying to get volumes under control in my laboratory, and it's a little challenging because the folks that read our parasite exams also do double duty and do COVID and monkeypox testing. Good for them in that it provides variety, bad for us in that we need to do a lot of monkeypox testing and COVID testing still. But also we've been thinking about what can we do to make this better? Once we catch up, obviously this isn't sustainable. So we need to do all we can to prevent unnecessary orders to begin with. That's really being good test stewards, being part of the healthcare team, working with the people ordering the tests so that they know when it should be ordered and when not. But then on the back end, what can we do to help screen out the tests that don't really need to be seen by a highly trained, highly specialized technologist? And we're going to be using digital pathology, hopefully by the end of this year. We're looking at a system that will look at our part of our stool exam screen out the specimens, give the technologist sample photographs, digital images that the technologist will review. So it's still a technologist-driven process. It's technologist-assisted rather than replacing a technologist. And the technologist, within 30 seconds or less, will be able to screen out negatives rather than spending five or more minutes per sample. So going from five minutes to 30 seconds per slide is going to help significantly. Yeah. But we need to get to that first. So we need to get our volumes under control and then be able to get our technologists involved in this process. They're fully supportive, which is also a big part of digital pathology. You need to make sure you have buy-in. We're not trying to replace anyone's job. We're trying to help them do it in a more satisfying and uh, efficacious way. Yeah, I mean, that's right. That's great to hear. They're lucky to have you with your vision at the helm, but it is. And it, the irony probably is that as we see the press of all this work, and it's, you know, all of us are experiences in lab medicine and healthcare, the answer actually lies in innovation. I mean, and so, and to continue to think in innovative ways as laboratory medicine professionals helps us to do our work better, uh, helps us to demonstrate value in healthcare, and it helps us actually position our, our profession. And we, at some point, we'll talk again about valid and reimbursement, and all these things are linked. The more that we're actually 
doing innovative things that show that we're really trying to move the needle on patient care, the more we're going to get support for some of the other things that we need to have. So it's great. It, but uh, who knew ova and parasite examination could lead to such a broad perspective conversation? Yeah, absolutely. So many things there, test stewardship, innovation, digital pathology, but that's what we do as laboratory leaders. We have to think of all of this. And again, it comes back to the fact that we're part of the healthcare team, an essential part, and we have to look at the big picture. Yep, indeed. And then they help because innovation shouldn't just be in lab medicine, it should be all over healthcare. Exactly. But we can help lead it. Great. Well, it's nice to talk about something other than monkeypox for a day. Indeed it is. So, well, um, until next time, I'm sure we'll be back to monkeypox and COVID at some point too. But uh, I'm sure we will. But then we've got a brief respite. Okay, until next time, Bill. All right, see you, Bobby. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday. <laughs>